Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. Uh, this is new host of ours, Mercedes Hemmons. First recorded episode, and we're so excited to get this out. Uh, we've been looking forward to getting this done for a while, so everybody please enjoy. On this episode, she interviews Jaylene Olds, who is a collegiate athletic trainer in her first year uh, doing the job, and that is what they talk about how it's been going, um, how are things as a young professional, is there support there, um, how things uh, just in general in that first um, bit of working in your professional life are going, which so many people can relate to, just remembering back to my own and thinking I had some idea what I was doing and ultimately not. Uh, so great episode, lots of good insight. Uh, you can tell they definitely enjoyed having this conversation. So please uh, enjoy that. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. We can't thank them enough for everything they do for us and the athletic training profession. Uh, please continue to check them out and support them. They always got new initiatives going, new things coming out. So check those out. But without further ado, please enjoy this episode. And we look forward to having more hosted with our very own Mercedes Simmons. Gus will start. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to Athletic Training Chat. <laughs> okay, so now you see the sillies. But anyway, <laughs> uh, this is the episode with um, Jaylene Olds, and she is a college athletic trainer at California University of Pennsylvania. So obviously that means we're coworkers. <laughs> and we just met three, three months ago. <laughs> Time flies and I can't remember. So yes, we just met three months ago and we um, work in different buildings, but we work pretty much together as a part of the athletic training staff and we collaborate and Jaylene has been a great addition to the staff. So now I'll let her go into her introduction. Hi, my name is Jaylene. Um, I did my undergrad at Kent State University and this is my first athletic training gig out of grad school. So I'm so happy to be here at Cal U. Everybody has been honestly great. Everyone's very understanding, helpful, just always re ready to listen and give me advice on different things that I need going forward. Um, and I am currently overseeing track, cross country, and tennis. <laughs> but that's great. So we will jump right into the questions that we have. And um, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but how is your first semester going in your first big girl position? <laughs> um, and is it living up to your expectations? 
Um, honestly, it honestly has been going great. Um, I would say it's been more than what I expected, honestly, um, just because I feel like a lot of times with athletic training, you're just so used to giving all of yourself to athletic training to where you're just just diving straight in, working 12 plus hours, which I've had some experience with, but here I can just tell that everyone's very much a family. Even if you do feel like you're getting overworked or for anything like that, everybody looks out for each other. So everybody will stop and be like, Jalen, you know, you don't need to do that. You should just finish this now. Wait for it. Don't touch work when you go home. It'll be here when you get back. So it's been very helpful, especially with me trying to figure out how I want to be as a professional, take all the aspects of what I've seen throughout my rotation, what things I liked, what things I don't like, and trying to figure out how I want to integrate it into my clinical practices. That's good. That's good to know that we are a family here and we all have the same feelings of um, not only inclusion, but there's now six of us and we all pretty much are a part of the staff. We all have a voice and our voices are heard um, and we very much lean on each other. And I can say that Jaylene has been a part of me leaning on her with my absence from my vacation and any other time life happens. Um, so I can honestly say that I am thankful for her being on staff and she just fits right in the family. Um, so as a young professional with this being your first big girl job and, you know, now you're kind of out on your own um, as a young professional, do you feel supported? Um, and do you feel supported, you know, in your workplace, in the state setting, in the district, and the nation? Uh, mm -hmm. So just do you feel that you kind of have the resources that you need? Mm -hmm. I feel like when we're talking here specifically, like I said, with us being a family, it's very easy to feel supported. Also, I know just in general, all of us are we're very in age, but we're all relatively just younger. So it's just easier for everyone to kind of get along when we kind of branch outside of Cal. I feel like sometimes I could feel a little bit more intimidated. I guess that's the case because there's just a lot more that I don't know. A lot of people that have a lot of experiences and I do know that I'm young coming into it. So I think initially sometimes when I'd be in a position to where I was talking to others that obviously have a lot more experience than me, I think my initial intent is that it is intimidating, but now I'm starting to learn that it doesn't have to be. Like I can just take everything with a grain of salt, absorb everything and all these resources and all these ways that people, what they're interested in, all the things that they are intellectually knowledgeable about. I can take all these bits and pieces and put it together and just use that as a resource for me to grow both personally and professionally. Right. That's good. So nationally we'll say on a national level so do you feel the support from I'll just go ahead and put it out there do you feel supported from NATA as within the past what year or so there's been you know outbursts of you know various people don't feel supported by NATA and they don't feel that you know I guess their dues are being used in a in an appropriate way yeah, I feel like it's been, Excuse me. I feel like within the last year, it's kind of been hit or miss. Honestly, I think um, sometimes with COVID and the whole pandemic itself, 
sometimes obviously everything changed and sometimes our view can be kind of taken away from just what the NATA is doing just because you got to kind of handle things at home first. Um, but I feel like it's been hit or miss. I think sometimes they mean sometimes the things they say seem more rehearsed and sounds better than the actions that they're taking to actually make a change, especially for young professionals. And I think just part of it is because their leadership is just kind of the traditional leaderships that we see throughout everything, throughout history, throughout, it's just always that same kind of similar cohort with the same mindset and ideas that with us evolving generationally, that obviously means athletic training is evolving along with that generation. So I think there may not be as many voices as they as there need to be to reflect the diversity within our profession as well as within the world in general. Yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's going off of that? What is one thing that you think can be done, or is there anything that can be done to kind of change? how you feel or you know I'm sure there's other people that feel the same way so is there something that nationally can be done to make you feel more supported or more that you know they are working for you and not Mm -hmm. against you and uh, against the current because like you said we are evolving as a society we're evolving as a profession and we kind of need to not we need to go with that momentum instead Mm -hmm. of oh, this is how it's always been done. So this is what we're going to do. I think from a national level, the best thing that I could think of that can be done is just shining more light on those things. Like, I feel like a lot of the times it'll be addressed for the fact of it, for everyone saying that it has been addressed, whether it's just a simple statement or things like that. But I feel like there needs to be more time spent to actually shine a light on those issues and just new things that are going on in the program, whether it's just being more aware. Cause I know a lot of the time now we're going to just, I felt, I feel like it's a little bit more diversity, but like, um, like the LGBTQ plus community. I know I just took like a CEU about how we just have to be more open-minded as athletic trainers and just be more aware of the pronouns we're using with our athletes. And although obviously there's so many of them and only one of us, we're, there's obvious differences between us and there are different views, but just being aware of them, how we approach them, even especially if our views oppose one another and how we can just go about like being together cohesively and shining a light on those different things. I was just using LGBT plus as one example, but shining a light on those different things uh, more often than not so that more people are aware and so that we can have more conversation about it instead of just directly being addressed about it once saying that something's going to happen to change it and then constantly playing a waiting game. Yes. So honestly, to just do that ongoing, I guess, evaluation of ourselves of us globally nationally whatever um i think a lot of people can do that personally but they don't think about doing that in their professional lives and i also think with everything evolving and making sure that we're recognizing diversity and inclusion so many people feel that it's something else they have to do and it's really not that because the way I see it is I like when things are personalized so if you use my name then that makes me feel that you took the time to learn my name one and you're 
purposely addressing my issue or the conversation. It's more intentional versus you're just doing this because it's your job. So I think our patient population would feel the same way of, you know, oh, well, you know, what do you want to be called? Like, what name do you use? What pronouns do you use? It's just that simple one little thing that we can do, whether it's, you know, on our paperwork or if it's just in conversation, that little piece could, you know, change somebody's day and you never know that. And it could change their whole mentality about, okay, my athletic trainer is not here just to take my ankle and give me eyes. They actually want to know about me as a person, which I would hope that's what most of us want to do anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But just that one little thing, personalization is everything. And I say that to a lot of people because that's, that's me as a person. Mm -hmm. I, I want to say, Hey, Jaylene, remember you said this, this, and this, and you were talking about Snickers and you were talking about going home with your family. And just because I remember those things that you you didn't know I remembered them. And now it's like, oh, wow, she was paying attention. Just mm-hmm. that simple thing. So if NATA could do that. And I don't mean this to bash NATA. I'm just saying because we're talking on a national level. But if we could focus on amplifying, there we go, mm-hmm. the things that divide us, but they unite us. Our differences, like you said. It's really, I think it's simple, but I guess it's more the inner workings yes. take over. And it's once we understand those, then we'll have a better understanding of how they're operating, I guess, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and athletic trainers too. I mean, we're healthcare, but our hands in like every pot, every single pot. So I know we work collegiately, but there are so many people working with uh, more geriatric patients, younger patients, surgeries, like there's such a wide range of things. And obviously there's differences between us as athletic trainers, but then we have to think outside of us because a lot of the times it's so easy to just think about us individuals. We have to think about outside of us to make sure that we're giving the best care to our patients holistically too. So it's not like, oh, that's the ankle sprain like no his name's Jim actually and he's a great guy and (laughs) exactly exactly and we have to stop just generalizing everything and that also ties into being cognizant of social determinants of health which we I feel as a profession we are you know focusing more on that because it's highlighted in the Katie standards now but you know making sure that you understand oh, not every student athlete has access to certain things outside of your facility. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you know, you may be the only healthcare provider that they do see and or that they feel comfortable with. So we just have to know so much about each of our patients and how we can best get their needs satisfied or, you know, how we can serve them. And I think once we come back to that, we serve others point then things could be better it's not just me 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 like you said and it's like this this is a person person first centered care so i'm like sometimes i just sit and think like i don't know what people are thinking but i thought it was simple i think it's more so i think things are common sense and you know but Whatever. That's a story for another day. Another episode. (laughs) 
so my next question is, what do you feel as a young professional is your most valuable resource? Honestly, I feel like my most valuable resource isn't, it is a resource, but it's not like an actual resource. I say my most valuable resource are the people that I've been in contact with. I feel like like that is my most viable resource in general, because in undergrad, all of the programs are made so that we are forced to network with others, whether you're a student and you take advantage of that or not. That's kind of how just goes into how you're going to have to deal with everything outside of graduating. But I felt like I kind of very much maximize that experience because I know going into college, my sister always told me college is a waste if you don't network. The whole thing is so that you can network to get to understand what people are going through, to just get your foot in the door and you never know who somebody else knows. So I feel like that has kind of been my biggest resource just because one, I like to get in, get to know people and forever be a student from people, but also those people also seeing them trust in me to say great things about me, be that letter of recommendation, put me on with certain people that they know would help me go in the directions that I want to go professionally, I feel like that is a resource that's not overlooked, but very undermined um, when talking about things because people are just there for you. And once people get to know you personally, there's no limit to what they can do and how you could help each other. And you're just, that's just the best way to go about that. <laughs> yes, I completely agree. Your network is your network. And mm -hmm. people don't, like you said, it's totally undermined, undervalued, and you never know just from one little interaction that can spur, you know, a whole myriad of things of, okay, I know Jaylene can do this, so I'm going to reach out to her to see if she can help with this, or I know Jaylene's an expert in this, let me reach out to her to see if she can help me, and it's, it comes off as help me help you, but it's really, we're leaning on each other and I'm amplifying your expertise and your knowledge base. So it shows, I know who you are and I know what you can do. So I'm going to bring you up too. Mm -hmm. um, and so many people will see that as like a competition. It's, it's not a competition. Like mm -hmm. Your network is your best resource, in my opinion, I think. Mm -hmm. um, not even as a young professional, but as a professional in general. I, you know, I've had the opportunity to meet and network with so many athletic trainers that I kind of take them out of athletic training and just they're people. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I say that a lot, whereas, you know, I'm not just an athletic trainer. I, I'm Mercedes, so mm -hmm. get to know me there. But also, yes, I am an athletic trainer. Um, but people are just like, I'm like, who's in your network? You, I'm sure you know somebody that can help you with this or that. And it's not just about, you know, scholarships and recommendation letters. It's getting to know the people. That's simple. <laughs> Absolutely. I do think it's it's a very simple concept. And because it's so simple, a lot of times that's why it is undermined when you talk about things like this. Yes. We don't have to make everything so hard. Mm -hmm. Things are already hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so anything else that you want to touch on about being a young professional? Um, not that 
that I can think of at the moment. <laughs> All right. If something comes up, we can circle back. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> so for the next set of questions, as we were talking about um, recording an episode, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about vaccines. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, um, <laughs> no problem. I'm here for it. Uh, so I figured we can kind of tag team this part and you go in and start talking about, you know, what's on your mind? What do you want the people to know? Just in general, I just kind of wanted to have a conversation about basically what are, what our opinions and thoughts are of those who um, have chosen versus who have not chosen to be vaccinated and their various reasons why, but especially the groups, people of color who have decided against vaccinations and that whole mindset about it, because I think that is something that we see every day with our student athletes as well. Um, and I know we both um, are vaccinated and we're healthcare professionals, so we're advocating for that. Um, so I think it's a lot of times a conversation that we often have to have. So I was just going to kind of open up the floor to just talk about it in general, just in case anybody is watching so they can have their own opinions on it as well and take the information that we give to them. Yes, I definitely agree. As well as I think, you know, as the conversation goes on, I feel that athletic trainers can use this episode to show to any um, of their own patients that, you know, are kind of questioning about being vaccinated and the vaccine in general. And, you know, it can show that here's two women of color that are vaccinated and their healthcare providers and they're being genuine and this is not scripted at all. So we could just go ahead and show that you know we're we're not being told to do it um there's no mandate uh as of right now for us to be vaccinated we willingly did it <laughs> and you know my opinion is really just i don't understand why there's so much hesitation i do understand from people of color, the hesitancy with the medical field, completely understand. And I think once you do, once you see the facts and the research, then that should answer. I guess because I'm very practical, very logical. And if I see that things work while also knowing that not everything is perfect, then I'll give it a try. And if it means that I'm kind of safeguarding myself and, you know, most people don't know, but I have immunocompromised people in my family. Um, number one being my mother. So I don't want to get my mother sick. So it's, it's that where I'm worried about myself. I'm worried about those around me. And it just made sense. Whereas, you know, I'm, I've been telling people for like the past month, I'm, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, and I got my flu shot. So <laughs> I got my booster and my flu shot the same day in different arms. And I was, people were like, oh my gosh, really? And I'm, yes, like that is, I just, I, <laughs> choice. I thought it was fine. And 
I can honestly say with, you know, the first two shots, I had arm soreness and yeah, really was just arm soreness. I didn't, I didn't have a fever, no chills. I didn't feel like fatigued or blah, you know, I was just arm soreness. The booster, same thing, just arm soreness. So I will say I am lucky in that regard where I haven't had any adverse reactions to any of it. So I think that puts me at an advantage where I can tell people, you know, you're hearing these horror stories about people have, you know, they're down for the count for a couple of days. And, you know, me, I was fine. I just maybe didn't want to lift something, but Mm -hmm. that was it. Yeah. I also had the shoulder. I tried to, the shoulder that I tried to lift this I was like ooh other hand can't do it here <laughs> yes but I definitely agree with you I think just in general I understand from the general public the hesitancy of it as well and I understand that we live in America which is the land of the free so people don't like being forced to do things so I definitely understand that I think from the just people of color minorities I think immediately when people thought about this all they thought about was Tuskegee um so I think that immediately kind of backtracked them but with everything I just definitely agree I feel like when you read the research, it's there for a reason. You could tell they did this over years. Yes, it was probably sooner than most other vaccines, but they did still, this been had, this has been developing for years. You're not going to, you're not getting microchipped. If they wanted to microchip you, we have cell phones and social media for a reason. Uh, I'm not magnetic. No, spoons don't stick to my arm. Oh, I, I didn't get one superpower. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting on that too. I was honestly hoping for the superpower because maybe we could just, you know, I've been trying to be Flash for a while now. So <laughs> teleport me to Italy, right? Now. Yes, yes. But I definitely just think I understand the hesitancy from the um, black community, but I encourage everyone to do their own research. I think the main issue that we have run into this is because. Uh, one, I understand why it may be forced or feel forced because we are in a global pandemic. But I also think that it is we're in a world where sometimes there's too much information, too many voices out there, and people don't take the time to choose logically or critically as to what each source they're getting this information from and where that source is getting their information from that is credited. So it's so easy to listen to somebody who is just has a, you know, has any type of platform, but has no experience or background in the, in the actual discussion itself, whether it's a scientific medical, things like that, they're just kind of talking about it, similar to us, but just in general, like, if you don't do your facts, and you just listen to whoever on the street tells you, then unfortunately, your decision is going to be yours. And ultimately, the decision is theirs. But I just think people need to be more open minded to it. Yes, I agree. And also, I was thinking, I guess, another part that comes to mind for me is, as we've gotten older, you know, here, we're born in America, and we were vaccinated at birth for things that we did not know about because we were fresh out of the oven. And at some point for some of those vaccinations, you received a booster. 
So what makes this any different? Mm-hmm. And that's where my mind goes. But I guess then you can start to think, oh, well, COVID is new and COVID is new to you. But if you do your research, like Jaylene said, COVID has been around and they had been working on this vaccine for some time before it was known to us. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense in my head. Like, oh, well, if they've known about it and they have been working on the vaccine, maybe this was not so super fast tracked as everyone has in their head. Like, oh, they just made this and they're injecting this into us and the microchips and the superpowers and this, this, and this. And then amount of things that people make to have such an aversion to the vaccination is like how how did you come to that conclusion Mm -hmm. who told you that but okay and I remember I'm not sure if you were on the call at the time but probably a few months ago we had the opportunity to speak with um a doctor that works for the NIH and he gave us the information about you know how long the scientists had been working to finalize the COVID vaccine and he was um or he is a person of color he's a medical doctor and that was like wow you know here we are again, someone else advocating for the vaccine to give us the facts, the actual facts, mm-hmm. um, someone that I would listen to. And, you know, it just made sense. And it's still, I think, no matter, we are going to have people who no matter how much information we give them, they're still going to be against it. And I get it. It's, it's fine. But just don't be ignorant. I think that's my take on it. Um, with anything, if you can tell me the actual facts and knowledge of things and why you didn't do something, I'm completely fine with that. Not just because you think the government wants to track you. Yourself. I also think a lot of the issues is that we live in a world of instant gratification, instant So I know we as healthcare professionals see it a lot, especially with our patients, because they'll do two days rehab and be like, it still hurts. I'd be like, this itch, when when did this issue start four years ago? Give me some time, please. We're going to get you together. But I think, (laughs) yes. But I think with this, people kind of expected the same thing. Like, okay, if I get this, everything's going to go away. The global pandemic is just going to, we can go back to normal, no more masks. I can go out with my friends. We can go do whatever. And unfortunately, that is not how life or the world works. We do live in an age of technology, which has made our life a lot more simple comparatively. But our technology is only but so advanced. We still have to take the proper measures. And even if we did have that type of technology, the way our system is operated so that we can give out vaccines, you can't just shoot everybody with some random vaccine without proper testing or trials or things like that. So I think that's also something that a lot of, especially my generation has to kind of... Yeah, to kind of think about is just like things take time. I know we are in an age, it's 2021, we should be in flying cars by now, but we are not. So I think people just have to (laughs) take it back a little bit and just become more, realize that more often than they do. 
Nothing happens overnight. I mean, if it did, I'm pretty sure we would be well off. But, <laughs> but you have to trust the process. And I just want people to know, just relax. Like We don't have to fight about everything. Literally, not everything has to be an argument. And let's just have a conversation just as you and I are doing. You know, at some point we could have had opposing opinions about some sort of thing related to the vaccine, but we are like-minded. <laughs> we have the same opinions, but even if we did have different opinions, I think you and I respect each other enough as just individuals where we know, okay, it's okay for her to have a different um, view than I have. That mm. is fine. But don't attack me. And we would not attack each other, but <laughs> it, everything's an attack. Like, you have to see this. You have to see that. No. Just understand it. It's, it's fine. It just allows for more perspective. Even if you have a conversation and both of your opinions remain the same in the act of having the conversation, you allow yourself to see things from another perspective. Yes. Then that, that just opens everything else up to a whole new perspective of you just have a, a better view of life, I, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and it's not just, oh, well, my mom told me this. My dad told me this. My cousin said this. And they said, don't do this. And, oh, well, what do you want to do at the end of the day? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm confused because mm -hmm. you're 18, you're an adult. And granted, some may not act like adults, but <laughs> you're an adult. <laughs> so you can make choices for yourself. <laughs> and kind of have to hold you accountable at some point for something. Mm -hmm. But it's just boggles my mind with everyone not just you know the black and brown community just everyone and I'm just like maybe we're gonna be I was hopeful that you know COVID could be somewhat subsided by 2022 but um here we are December 2nd 2021 and I'm not sure what part of 2022 we'll be in, but maybe it'll be 2023. Hey, listen, I'm okay with it now because the mask and the winter go very well together as far as my warmth. However, optimally, if June 2022, you decided to say no more, I would not be opposed to that. I'm like, oh, gotta get a, a mask to match this outfit and a mask to match this one what do I want this mask to say? Like, <laughs> then, and then it's, oh, well, this place said I didn't need a mask. And I mean, I've still been masking anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. And think about how many people have not had just simple colds because they have worn a mask mm -hmm. and they're washing their hands and that's also concerning that we were not doing such things before the pandemic. Um, <laughs> just regular hygiene of, you know, washing our hands after we touch things, um, hand sanitizer after we blow our nose or not sneezing into our hands. I, those were basics that I think we learned 
just growing up, maybe sneeze into your elbow and don't touch things and wash your hands. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. And it's I I touch people, various people throughout the day. I don't want to touch one, then touch another. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're probably sweaty, and I don't want that on my hands. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sanitize or wash my hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if I wasn't a healthcare provider, I think I would just do those things. Sorry. <laughs> At least they're being adopted now. Thank goodness. <laughs> and where people are not using toilet paper and paper towels and cleaning products before. <laughs> that that was that was a little ridiculous. That was I was I was a bit upset about that. I was, I was concerned. <laughs> But at least I feel like now if we were to go into quarantine and lockdown again, I feel like at least I hope that that would not happen again. They have signs for limits at the registers now and they know the stores are going to be open. So we should be (laughs) chilling. Fingers crossed because I don't want to do that again. So <laughs> I'll continue to do my part and hopefully everyone else will continue to do theirs mm-hmm. um, regardless of vaccination status. Yes. People <laughs> might, you know, go out and get vaccinated and, you know, hopefully we can uh, be maskless by June 2022. Let's put that out there. Like, yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, the world we live in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, any anything else that you want to discuss about vaccination? Um, I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> good, good. I, I think we had a good conversation and just laid it all out there for everyone. Hey, here's what it is. So mm-hmm. hopefully someone can show our episode to their students. Or to their patients and they'll change their minds finger problems um so we'll go into the regular questions that everyone is asked for the episode so um first question where do you see athletic training going in five to ten years athletic training going um honestly i i see it I see this profession in general as a very fluid profession. So I see it going in multiple different realms, which is honestly the main reason why I like this profession, because I feel like I'm a very fluid person in general. So with the degree, there are so many different things that you can do medically that it's honestly limitless. But um, in the direction overall, I see, I just see our hands. Honestly, I see it 
if we could maximize our potential, I feel like athletic training can honestly be like a powerhouse in healthcare and actually get our names out there. I think us transitioning to a master's has allowed people to bring more attention to athletic training and actually pay attention to what athletic training is. Um, but in general, I feel like it, it could, it has the potential to be a powerhouse of healthcare professionals who are skilled in all of the basics of what's the core athletic training, but that can diversify themselves and work on their feet, which we're all known for, and have their hands in multiple pots and do several different things across the board as a profession in general. And so I just kind of see it as just kind of like, it sounds crazy. I see it kind of like an octopus. (laughs) So athletic training's here, but we have one hand in collegiate sports, one hand in professional sports, one hand in surgery, one hand in teaching and academics, and then another in our non-traditionals. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Never thought of FN training as an octopus. Yeah, I don't visualize. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. <laughs> but that's, I definitely agree. I think, you know, even over the past year or year and a half, sorry, uh, we've seen just how diverse athletic trainers are in terms of what we bring to the table and our background of what we know and what we can do. Um, Hopefully, with that being said, you know, we can have more athletic trainers, you know, to add more things to their practice acts in their states and to hopefully get licensure in California and I'm missing Alaska. No, I forget the other state. Texas. No, Texas. California. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we can move to you know use all of this to move in that direction. And I, I personally am excited to see what happens with the emerging settings because over the past year I've you know, been able to network and interact with athletic trainers that work in the industrial setting. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know, you know, certain companies employ athletic trainers, you know, Amazon and um, distribution centers. And um, I want to say it was a meat manufacturing company. I was like, wow, this (laughs) We are going places. So mm-hmm. I agree with you that the octopus <laughs> is out there. We, <laughs> we have to maximize it. <laughs> so what advice would you give to yourself as a young athletic trainer? Or we'll say maybe an undergrad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's something that I still am doing constantly on a daily basis, but One, I'm an overthinker. So it's just trying to trust myself and my instincts and everything like that. But I think two is to just go for it. I think in life, there's so many times where we feel like, oh, we might not be qualified or what if I'm not good or what if this happens and what if that happens? Well, what if it does happen? But you won't know until you try it. So I think that's the biggest thing I just try to tell myself every day is just like, if it's something that I want and I'm very interested in, just go for it. Cause the worst that could happen is you don't get it or things don't happen as planned, but that's also a part of life. So the worst that can happen is you're going to grow from it and you're going to get more opportunities again, the more you continue on. Just go for it. Just do it. 
think mm-hmm. very highly of yourself because someone out there does and multiple people do. So hype yourself up. Be your own hype me. Yes. Hype woman. Hype <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we want to say. <laughs> um, so what has been the most influential resource you have found in your career so far? I guess we kind of already touched on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much the same answer. I just say my cohort of people, um, um, especially I know a few of my professors from undergrad have honestly has, have helped me through everything. Preceptors from undergrad, I still text them every once in a while. Like, I have a weird need. Do you have any ideas of what's going on? But it's just basically my network is probably the best thing. Yes, I agree. And as an athletic trainer in your role, how do you take care of yourself? That is something I feel like I'm learning right now. Um, I started by saying I'll do at least one thing for myself every day, whether that's big or small. I like I'm a very creative person. So sometimes I can be like, okay, I'm going to write my journal. I'm going to paint something today. And then sometimes obviously our lives get a little bit crazy. I'll be like, you know what? I want a brownie today. I'm going to go to Dairy Queen and buy myself a brownie. (laughs) It's still one thing. It's still one thing. But (laughs) I would say that is kind of what I'm leaning, trying to do to make some more time for myself. Also, I've learned to just try to keep work at work unless obviously an emergency situation pops up. But I think that it is very important to just kind of make sure you divide your time so you're not constantly over overlapping yourself and then overwhelming yourself with everything that you have going on in life. Because again, like we mentioned before, a lot of times when we meet people, we're seen as a from one perspective. So I know most of my athletes see me they're like, oh, that's Jillian. She's our athletic trainer. But it's like, okay, I this is what I do for my job. But as a person, there's several aspects to everyone. So it's just trying to find the best way to put your hand in all of those to balance yourself out. I agree. <laughs> I think we've had this conversation before where I, I have to take care of myself because if we don't take care of ourselves, how can we best serve our patients? And that's the most simple way that I know to explain it to anyone if I'm like, leave me alone or, you know, I'm putting my phone on do not disturb, like just something simple. So, you know, you have that time to yourself, just whatever self-care looks like for you, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. So Dairy Queen is self-care. So that's fine. <laughs> but also I'm glad that you are taking the time to go through and figure out, you know, you don't have to just throw yourself into everything. You don't have to overthink things and you do have to take care of yourself. So figuring out what works for you, I think as long as you're doing it, I give you an A plus for that. And thank you for putting yourself first. <laughs> So if you could change or eliminate one thing, whether it be a modality, a common practice, a mindset, whatever, in the field of athletic training, what would it be? I can change or eliminate one thing. It would. That's a hard one. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it would be 
I think it is changing. The one thing I would change is changing. And I think the pandemic kind of brought it to life. But I think a lot of the times, not necessarily this varies from person to person, but there are times to where some people kind of see patients like, yeah, that's the ankle sprain or we just got to focus on this physical injury. And sometimes they won't take the time to realize all the other things that are going on with them. Um, So I was going to say mental health, especially in like the collegiate setting, because again, we, these our athletes are people. They're very talented people in what they decide to do, but this is still a person that has things going on with their families and things like that. So I think, especially when we get to the higher divisions of things that kind of tarnishes and it's taken away from them and people are like, oh, they need to do this. They need to do that. His ankle's fine. We, we can do all this stuff. Why can't he do this in practice? And it's like, because mentally we have a blockage, so we need to work to get that together. And again, sometimes that's easier said than done, because sometimes it it obviously takes the two to tango. So the athlete has to also be open to it to have to get the help that they need and go through that process as well. But I think that's the one thing that I would like to change is the the awareness of it. And I think that is one thing that is changing in our profession that I, I like to see that more people are just aware and understanding of it. awareness is important mm-hmm. in anything which we kind of sometimes overlook and it could change things last question what does being an athletic trainer mean to you it means that I get to wake up every morning and never know what's going to happen throughout my day, but make sure that I get to help people take care of people also having a good time doing it and just making sure that I am a great healthcare provider and provide quality healthcare to my patients as they also feed into me um, with just being able to be there, having the opportunity to be the one that's helping them, having the opportunity to get involved, whether that is, with things like this, whether that is just helping them on a regular daily basis, whether that is getting involved in different things nationally, statewide, globally, it's just a compounding of different things. Just like I said before, the uh, the reason I was drawn to athletic training was one, because I get to help people too, because it's constantly evolving. So I feel like, especially me being a young professional, I'm evolving. I don't know. I'm trying to find myself as well. So being able to do that and basically cohesively with my career has been pretty awesome, honestly. <laughs> I agree. Thank you. So anything else you want to share overall? Anything that popped up? Um, maybe you want to go over or? Oh, I think I'm pretty solid. <laughs> <laughs> we shared enough. <laughs> So where can people find you, Um, I guess, social media or whatever that you're willing to disclose because privacy is okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can be found on Facebook or LinkedIn under my name, Jaylene Olds, um, J-A-I-L-E-N-E, Olds like Oldsmobile, but that's pretty much it. (laughs) Like Oldsmobile. I like it. It's a common thing. So, okay, cool. So, um, we will link your LinkedIn and Facebook um, in the notes or comments section. I forget. Description box. 
There we go. <laughs> I forget what that's called. But okay. So yes. So thank you for being a part of the um, episode today. And hopefully if you think of anything else, we can have another episode in the future on whatever topic you want. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you have a <laughs> great day. And I will I'll probably see you in like five minutes. <laughs> 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 Bye. Oh, no.